Hey, good people. It's Imani here, also known as Purposely Transforming. In this very episode, we are going to get into, am I a real Christian? Because I grew up in church. Is she a real Christian or do she just know church? Are you brainwashed? Do you think you really know God? Or do you just know God through the lens of your family? You are PK. Maybe you only know God because your dad preaches and you only know him through the view of your dad and whatever he says. Uh Uh-uh. Let's get into it, y'all. Let's get into it. So I'm sure people are like, this is random. What makes you want to talk about this? I have no clue when you guys will actually hear this particular episode, but I'm sure it will happen very soon because we're living in a time now where everyone's faith is being tested. If nothing else is being tested in this year of uh, 2020, your faith is, your, you know, your relationship with God is being tested. It's being uh, put under a light to see if it is real, to see if you are really about this life because, um, yeah. And then I think on the other hand, there are people who are really seeking God like never before because they need him as hope. They need something to hope for because this year is really making everyone feel like it's the end. Um, even though I feel like it's the beginning of something greater. Um, we are definitely, if not already in revival, the Lord is about to make some things new and is making things new and renewing the minds and hearts of his people. And so now is the time to be like, well, let's do a real reflection of our relationship with God. And so why not start with me explaining to you how I know I'm a Christian. This is, I can't tell you if you're a Christian. I can't tell you if you believe. I can't tell you if your relationship is real. That's between you and the living God. But I do want to encourage those who are feeling like their faith is tested and who are feeling like people are even challenging them. You know, you ain't been able to go to church in a while and people may be asking you a lot of different questions, um, certain things you are finding that you really got to go to the word for because you really aren't sure what X, Y, and Z means you're hearing people say it's the end of the world. You're hearing people say the rapture, just so many different things. And it is challenging various areas of our relationship with God. I want to get into it. And I want to talk to you guys about how I even came to Christ because, you know, growing up in church, it's like, you think it's just automatic. You think that there was never a coming to Jesus moment, but there is. And so I want to get into that for you all and for the people who may even have those questions about people who grew up in church or specifically who know me and are just like, I always wonder if Imani is a real Christian or if she just grew up in church and she's following the rules. Let me tell you what life is about for me. Let's get into it. I know I just did like a double intro. So my pastor... My founding pastor, I should say, was my grandfather. So I am a what they call a grand PK because I have a grandfather who was my pastor and I grew up in church with my in my grandfather's church. And then when my grandfather passed away, when I was about I think I was about nine years old, my father then became the pastor of my church, which means I then became a PK. So all my life, um, if you grew up in church, um, when your family is closely associated with the leadership of the church, your life is pretty much, I guess, like at the forefront of everything. People become 
very attentive to you and what you're doing you pretty much become a part of the example of the pastor like so basically what my actions do and what I'm doing reflected rather not my grandfather and my father are doing what they need to do at home it, that's just the truth people look at the families of leaders because they feel and I would say to an extent it does have a have a big um, reflection on the leadership of that man or woman of God in their home however you know just to throw this in here now that I'm 24 years old still um a pastor's daughter I have my own life to live I make my own decisions and my father as my pastor and as my natural father can only have so much influence on the decisions that I choose to make so I just want to throw that out there because I do think that you know when we label and get these stereotypes with pks we start to also shame the parents and say yo yo daddy a pastor your mom is an evangelist your mom is a prophet how did you come out like that how did you end up like this x y and z and we must remember that people still have their own free will to make their own decisions i just want to put that in there because that the stereotypes and all of that it really is rooted in people shaming people for still being human at the end of the day I don't care what title you ever get it doesn't change who you are do you have more responsibility should you have some level of you know wanting to be accountable to yourself because you understand your witness absolutely but at the end of the day you are still a human being who will fall short and need the Lord's glory and salvation and grace and mercy and all of that okay just want to put that out there and now let me get back into my relationship with God so for me definitely I'll be honest um growing up in church it was like a, it was a way of life you get up you go to church I don't ever remember being forced to go to church I don't ever remember me personally ever not wanting to go I know other um church kids they feel differently like they had moments where they were forced they didn't want to put on a dress they didn't want to go they didn't understand why we got to be there for hours I don't have those memories in my mind it was just like it was always a way of life for me it was just what I knew and I had fun in church I grew up in a church where there was a lot of kids in my church growing up so I felt like church was like meeting with family so I was looking forward to going to church that was my experience I loved church um, I definitely would say that I didn't um, know God for myself. I knew things about the Bible. Like I was very attentive in Sunday school. I can think about when I first um, heard about David and Goliath. I remember knowing about uh, Jonah and the well. Like I vividly remember Sunday school lessons on this. I remember memorizing the books of the Bible and, there, and my church did like this challenge and you, you won a prize for memorizing the books of the Bible. So I knew church, you know, I really knew church. I really understood you know, the principles of God's word, but there's such a difference in knowing God, the father. And so I want to get a little bit into that. My um, experience of church was uh, built around music. I definitely was in the children's choir. And then eventually um, I was asked to be a part of a young girls group at like, I think I was about maybe 13, 12, around 12 to 13. I started singing in a, a girls gospel group with me and two other young ladies who became very close friends to me and and still very dear to my heart. I started singing in this group and I remember singing. Like I remember I was just singing. I remember, you know, knowing of this person I'm singing about. I remember um, having to sing through the lens of another person's relationship. Like I remember singing about healing and having to think about somebody in my family being healed. I remember, you know, having to sing from 
another person's point of view of God and not my own. Like I view God as a healer, but I hadn't experienced God for myself in such a personal way that I knew other people had. And so I found myself in such a weird space where it's like, I love God. I love who I, who people tell me he is, but I just don't feel close to him. And so that's how I knew I wasn't brainwashed into this thing because it, it was, it's not something that you're forced it's not something that can really be forced upon you unless once again you're doing following just the rules but in terms of that relationship it can't be forced you can't be brainwashed into believing someone that you don't know um at least for me that wasn't my experience so I just remember singing and I remember like not even being able to have a lot of ad libs like I remember I used to be very afraid to lead songs I would not lead songs for one I wasn't confident in my voice and my singing voice but then number two I just wasn't confident in what I was singing about my ad libs would be repetitive or it would be what I heard the you know recording of the song the person on the song say and you could tell the difference you know when somebody is singing under the anointing and somebody is singing from their experience of Christ and when somebody is just singing like you could just tell right and I used to just run. I'm like, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing. And I remember in one particular rehearsal, a lady was, we were singing You Hold My World by Israel Houghton. Hopefully I said his name right, Houghton. And I had to do the ad lib. And I love that song. Like, I just love that song. To this day, I love that song. But I could not do ad lib. I don't know what it was. A, a part of it, I think, was comfort. But I think the biggest part that I'm trying to drive home is I didn't have a relationship with God for myself. I did not. What eventually happens is around, okay, so now I'm about 14, 15 years old, and um, I end up doing a celibacy um, or abstinence program through my uncle's church. And that's when I was like, okay, let me figure out who God is for myself. I know that everyone's telling me that I'm supposed to save myself for marriage, that my virginity is precious, which I had to do a whole nother episode on what this was like for me. But long story short, I did this vow to God. And I knew at that point, I knew God, I knew what his word says. And I knew that I was doing that to please God, not to please my family, not to please my mama, not to please my daddy. I knew I was taking those vows to God. And I knew the God of the word, like I knew who God was at that time. But I still was not really spending time with him. So it was just like this distant relationship that I had. Eventually, um, I grew up and matured more into my group and just certain things were starting to happen where it's just like, oh, I got to pray. I got to read my word because things are starting to happen and I need to know God for myself. I need to hear God for myself. Um, I ended up getting into like my first real relationship. And I often talk about when I first heard the voice of God, um, it was concerning my relationship at the time. I was 16, 17 around there. And I was praying and like, this was the first time that I really feel like I prayed. Like, I mean, like one of those prayers where I was just so um, vulnerable and I just knew the Lord was going to speak to me. I had the faith attached to the fact that I'm not just praying just to pray because that's what I'm supposed to do. But I'm praying, believing that the Lord is about to show me and direct my life. And that was when my relationship became real, when I knew, okay, this thing for me is real. My faith in that moment was tested because here I am like, Lord, I need you right now. Like I've never needed you before. And there's been other times where I have prayed to you, but the amount of faith I have right now in this moment is what I need you to come through for me. And I believe you're 
going to. And he did. He spoke to me so very clear. And I can't even describe it wasn't an audible voice. I just I can't describe I hate to try to describe what the Lord sounds like to me because I don't want anyone to try and compare that. Just when you seek the Lord, I promise you, you will hear from him and wait and and don't have a certain expectation of how it's going to be. Just be open to what he's going to do to show you who he is or what he's going to or how he's going to speak to you. Be open to how he's going to speak. It may come through a person. It may come through so many different things. But I heard God's voice in my spirit. Like I just knew it was the Lord. And I heard him so clearly. He was telling me that I needed to focus on him, that he wanted my attention and that my relationship at the time was taking attention from him and he wanted my attention. He needed me to focus on him because I was so consumed with everything else. And I'm not going to lie to (laughs) y'all. Let me be real on my podcast. My response to him at that moment, y'all. I've been all about you, God. What you talking about? My life has revolved around, is revolving around you. I was in a rehearsal y'all pretty much every day of my life um at that time like I my group at the time my city I'm from Rochester New York we were like in this vein of like music concerts and there was always something musically happening a musical a concert every weekend I'm sure you could find one then on top of that my group was kind of in the quartet world so we would we would be singing at quartet things and at regular church events and I was always at church so my whole thing when the Lord was like, he needs more of my attention, I got the biggest attitude because I'm like, yo, this is the first relationship. I just want to do something different. Like, so now I'm having one of those moments where it's like, I don't even, it's not that I don't like church. I'm just trying to figure out how church doesn't equate to my relationship with God. And it was in that moment where I realized all I was doing was church. <laughs> so if you ever want to know exactly what I'm talking about, I encourage you guys to read the story of Martha and Mary to understand the comparison right here that I'm trying to make. Like he was just like, I need you at my feet. I don't need you cleaning the dishes. Um, Once again, to know what that means, you have to go and read that story because Martha was a servant. She had the heart of a servant for God and genuinely wanted to serve him and, and felt that that's what pleased him. Mary understood the purpose of serving, but she understood the need and desire that the Lord has to commune with us in such a personal way that he just wants us sometimes to just talk to him and tell him who he is to us and 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 spend that personal moment with all of our attention on him and not just trying to do something for him. And so that's where I found myself at about 16 or 17 years old. And I can honestly tell you, I did hear the Lord speak to me. But I didn't fully um, listen to his instruction at that time because, once again, I'm telling you why I I thought that being a Martha um, was being a Mary. You know, I thought that was the same. And through life, I learned more about what it was to be a Martha and my singing changed. The way I started to minister through song changed because I started to develop such an intimate relationship with God that my worship was different. The way I expressed to God through singing had to change because of who I knew him to be for me. And so that's kind of where I want to rest that is. I don't believe you can be brainwashed into this thing because eventually your faith has to be tested. Eventually, you're going to have a season of life where it's you and God. And that determines rather or not you actually believe in God or you believe in people or you believe in the church or you believe in 
you know, routines and rituals, there is going to come a time where your faith becomes tested. And that is the opportunity to either run to God or you're going to find yourself so far from him. It's not that he's far from you. You're far from him. You have to read his word. You have to pray. You have to get to know him. He knows you. He knows you. He doesn't have to put any work into getting to know you, but you do have to put in some work into getting to know him because it takes you believing who he is. He's giving you every detail of himself. You know, his word truly embodies all of who he is. We have to do our part to go to his word and be like, okay, I, I, I see what you're trying to tell me about yourself. I, I understand you more to now be more comfortable trusting you. Um, and even when I don't understand, you are such a solid person. You have been consistent that I'm going to trust you anyway. And so to the person who may be dealing with that, that question in their mind right now, like, yo, am I even a believer? Because I'm missing the church so bad. Like, I don't even know how to do anything when I'm not in church or You got people judging you right now. You know, you may not have the community or the accountability you have because you're you're not able to. You know, we were very um, quarantined and socially distanced. So those people who kept you accountable may not be around you. Hopefully they're still able to be in contact with you via the phone. But sometimes it's the level of accountability you need has to happen, you know, physically people being around you. Um, But what I would challenge you is this is the time to draw into God for yourself, because maybe this is also the the time that God is exposing to you how much closer he would like to be through you to you and not you being close to him through someone else. I had this discussion before. um, I want to say it was actually in 2018. A young lady grew up in church and I was at a friend's house and we were on their front porch and she was like, Honestly, I think y'all brainwashed. And, you know, it was this big discussion about rather or not, you know, God is real and rather or not who we serve is real or is it just what we what we all we've known, all we've been taught. One thing that she really caught me off guard with or not off guard with, but that really, really had to make me think. She said, would you even be a Christian if you wasn't raised in church? You telling me you was raised in church. You telling me you a PK. But like, were you like, would you even be? and interested in God had you not grew up in church. And what I had to remind her of is a relationship with God is your relationship with God. And so for me, I just explained to her that I've had real experiences with God for myself, that I can't talk about what woulda, coulda, shoulda been besides the woulda, coulda, shoulda been if I had, if I did not know God. I know him. I can't talk about... I can't even begin to fathom what life would be like if I didn't know him because I know him. He's real to me. I know him. I can't tell you what it would be like if I didn't. I mean, I can try to explain it to you. I can tell you about moments and opportunities um, where the Lord intervened on my behalf that I took out of a situation. But I can't I can't begin to fathom what my life would be, who I would be without God, because this is where I am. I know God for myself. And I had, I feel that I encouraged her in that moment that she can know him in a real way. I think the enemy wants us to feel that we can't know God in a personal way. And he, it starts, it starts with him reminding you of things that the Lord doesn't like. You know, she, you know, she started to just do say things that she likes to do that go against the Bible and all these different things. And in that moment, I knew that it wasn't my it wasn't the time to condemn her. And it isn't never my responsibility to condemn 
I corrected. I, I never went against what the Bible said, but I always brought her back to also a truth of God. And that's he loves you. He loves you. He is not loving you on the conditions of what you do and don't do for him. Does he desire and truly want you to love him better, you know, to love him by pleasing him and doing what's in his word? Absolutely. But if you do not, he will love you just the same. And hopefully his love can can oversaturate you and oversaturate your heart and your mind that makes you want to love him back in the way that he instructs you to do in his word. But embrace his love. The Lord is real. The Lord is real. And I know right now the enemy is really after our relationship and our walk with the Lord. He wants to find a way to make us feel far from God. He wants us to feel that the Lord is far from us. You know, living in America right now feels like the the hand of the Lord is just lifting up. But I believe that even now we are experiencing such a grace and the love of God here in America in spite of what we see the Lord is with us the Lord is with us I don't know if y'all realize it but the Lord is with us the Lord is keeping us the Lord does have his hand on us I hope that this episode encourages you that your relationship with God is between you and God other people may not understand other people may have another way or another um, preference for how they pray and for how they read the word and for how they grow closer. But always go back to the word of God. Go back to the word of God. The word of God shows you how to draw closer to him. There are people who are truly anointed for such a time as this, where the Lord has poured out his spirit and they are teaching, they are evangelizing, and they are a voice that you can listen to in order to grow closer. So just I pray for discernment that you all have discernment in this season to have your ears tuned to the right voices, tuned to the anointed ones um, for this season so that the Lord can continue to guide you and show you who you are in this time and who that you be reminded in this season of who God is to you. And so I just hope you all are encouraged. Continue to build your faith. And one of the main ways to build your faith is by being in the word, being in the word of the Lord and praying. Do not neglect prayer. The Lord has been challenging me to stop praying for just one. one uh, I would pray just one time a day. The Lord is like, I need to hear from you more than once a day. So I've been really challenging myself to pray more than once a day. Um, start your day out with God is always something important to do so that you can have him present with you through your day to know you know, the steps he's ordered for you. You can see them more clearly when you've welcomed him into your morning. But if you haven't, at any given day, in any any given second of the day, you can stop and surrender your life, surrender your thoughts, surrender your desires. At any given moment to God, you can surrender to him and ask him to lead you and guide you in any given moment. He is omnipresent. He's always there wanting to lead you, wanting to guide you, wanting to show you the way um, and wanting to, you know, reveal your purpose and reveal more of who you are and reveal more of who he is. He's just waiting for you to give him more of your attention and more of your time, which is the decision that you have to make. And so with that being said, how do I not end without telling you all what Purposely Transforming is all about, which is changing on purpose. 
changing for a purpose. And in order to do the first two, you have to surrender to God who gives you purpose. You have to know God before you can really know how to change, what to change, and for what purpose are you changing? What is the Lord trying to do and um, doing your life? What are you believing God for? Um, who is God to you? It takes all of that in order to, to be more intentional with God, just as he is intentional with us. So if you can't tell by the music, this is the I See You Butterfly segment of my podcast. I want to shout out a few butterflies to um, highlight what the Lord is doing through them and just how they are knocking out goals and fulfilling the purpose that the Lord has placed um, inside of them. So first and foremost, I want to shout out a friend of mine. He put out a new song. His name is Alan Dumas. He has a song out called All Right, and it's such a encouraging, um, inspiring song. Just letting you all know that it's going to be all right. The Lord is really working it all out for us. And just wait on God. Wait it out and know it's going to be all right. So check out that song. It is on all music platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Tidal, all of that. Check it out. And shout out to you, Alan for that awesome song, I See You. Another butterfly I want to shout out, I'm gonna keep it nice, short, and sweet, is Cold Brew Cosmetics by Berlene. Berlene and I went to college together. She's an awesome, awesome person. We sung alongside each other and we did ministry together. We were on the same e-board and I'm so very happy for you and you stepping out and doing this cosmetic line. She also has a podcast called Bird Day. So check it out. Um, she's on Apple Podcasts. She's on Spotify, Google Podcasts. I'm pretty sure she's on all streaming platforms for her podcast as well. So check her out. I see you, Butterfly. Berlin, I'm so proud of you yet again and very, very happy for you. So those are my two butterfly shout outs. I see you. I'm proud of you. The Lord is proud of you and continue to do all the Lord is pulling out of you and pushing for you to do and for you to be continue to be intentional with God and do all that he wants you to do because it brings glory to him and it touches lives in ways you don't even know. So thank you all. If you listened all the way up to this point as well, I'm getting ready to end this episode and just let you know where you can find me. I am on Instagram at Imani D. Hunter. I am on Facebook, Imani D. Hunter. I also have a Facebook page called Purposely Transform Me. Head on over and like that page. I have a YouTube channel called Purposely Transform Me. And as always, oh, Twitter, at Imani D. Hunter. Also, if you need to collab with me, you have something that you want me to share. If you just heard my ICU Butterfly segment and you want me to shout someone out, please don't hesitate to email me or DM me. My email is purposelytransforming at gmail.com. So I look forward to talking with you all very, very soon. I love you all. Have a blessed day whenever you catch this episode. All right, y'all. Peace.